Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrofferville.com. That's rolcrofferville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crofferville. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. There is no other way in saying it but Jesus. You don't know everything else in life. You just remember Jesus and you'll be okay. The year is 1989 and the country or the nation is Armenia. It's borders on the Turkish. It's over there near Turkey. And uh, men and women are getting up, going to work. Children are getting up and going to school. And it's a normal day, just like every other day in these people's lives. And all of a sudden, their life completely changed in the blink of a moment. For all of a sudden, an 8.2 earthquake hit Armenia. Within four minutes, it had killed over 30,000 people. A father had survived, and just like any father would do, he made sure his wife was okay, and then the thought process begun. I wonder how my son is doing at school. So he did like what every other father would do. He raced to the school. When he got to the place where the school was supposed to be located, it was no longer there. All it was was a pile of just rubble of rock and mortar and building. Like every parent, his mind began to race. Is my son still alive or isn't he? Is anybody alive? He then proceeded around to the very back of the school where his son's class would be located at. And he started doing what every father would do. He started pulling the rubble out of the way. Men and women showed up pretty soon and they said, listen, don't even attempt this. You can see how flat it is. There's no use. They're all dead. But he wouldn't listen to him. He kept digging. And soon after, the firemen showed up. They said, listen, there's a lot of gas around here. There's a lot of just some fires going on. You need to go home. There's no use of doing this. And he wouldn't listen. He kept digging. The police showed up encouraging him to go home. And he would not listen to them. He kept digging. And the reason he kept digging was because he had made a promise to his son that as long as he was alive, he would be there for his boy. And that's what motivated him to dig. The digging went from four hours to eight hours to 12 hours to 24 hours. Without ever stopping, he kept digging. He approached 36 hours and didn't let up. And finally, on the 38th hour, he removed this rock out of the way and he could hear voices. And immediately he yelled his son's name, Armand. And all of a sudden, from the depth down, he heard a little boy say, Dad. And he said, Armand. 
He said, Dad, is that you? He said, yes, son, it's me. And the son replied, Dad, I told them you would be here to rescue us because you promised me that as long as you were alive, you would always be there for me. Dad, you did it. Thank you. Wow. The promise of a father. And this morning, I want to speak to you on that very subject. The promise of our father. The father's promise. You know, in the Bible, the word promise is used over a hundred times. And if you really go deeper, thousands of times, we read where God makes you and God makes me promises. And you have to understand that the difference between God making a promise and me and you making a promise is God never breaks his promise. God will always keep his promise. But we do need to understand that his promises sometimes are contingent upon what we do. So I thought this morning I would just give you a, a few promises just to kind of kind of educate you and help you. Some of these you're going to know really. Here's the first promise. This dates all the way back to Genesis. When God flooded the world, you know, he made a promise to mankind. He said, I will never flood the world again. And guess what? He's a God of his word. The world has never been flooded again. Certain parts of the world have been flooded, but the world itself hasn't been flooded. And the reason why is because God made a promise that he would never do that. And you and I can take that to the bank. This is even a better one. This next picture. He sent his son to die for your sins, to die for my sins. He promised us in Genesis chapter 3 that he would make a way for me and you to escape the penalty of death in eternity away from him. And he did that through his son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins, to pay the penalty for your sins. The cross is a promise to you and I that we will never have to be apart from him and we will never have to live life without him as long as Jesus is the Lord and the Savior of our life. How about this promise? <laughs> that promise says that I have overcome death and I can overcome any and every problem in your life. Listen, if Jesus conquered death, there is no problem that you are facing today that he can't take care of. There is no situation that you're undergoing right now that Jesus can't see you through. He cannot enable you to make it through it and give you the peace and the power to see through it. That's what the empty tomb is about. It's a promise made to us. That we can be more than overcomers in anything in life if Jesus is our Savior and Lord. Well, let me kind of bring a little more towards home now. This next picture was made. Well, the picture was taken this morning. But this, this promise was made over 25 years ago. That the Lord promised our pastor that if he would relocate to the center of a county... He would give him an interdenominational, interracial church that would reach this county in a lot of places. And here we are 25 years later. We are an interdenominational, interracial church, and we are reaching the world. 
Yes. Because our Father is true to His promises. Well, let me just give you one for me. Over 46 years ago, I was diagnosed as a diabetic. And back then, when you were diagnosed as a diabetic, they didn't have insulin pumps. They didn't have glucose monitoring systems. They didn't have blood tests. And I remember being a seven-year-old boy and the doctor basically telling my mother, there's the two things you got to worry about because they're very common in a diabetic. Blindness and amputation. Mrs. Coburn, if your son doesn't take care of his diabetes and you don't help him to take care of it, he will go blind and possibly have amputation of his feet. And if any of you have been around some older diabetics, you have seen where amputation has taken place. Well, my mother, which is a godly woman, prayed, and the Lord made my mama a promise. He will never go blind. Here I am over 46 years later, and i got to admit, I am not the poster boy for diabetes. By no means. Uh, if you've been around me watching me eat, you've seen that. i got to admit, I, I thank the Lord that He's merciful and gracious. But I am 46 years plus being a diabetic. And as of this past week, I have 2015 vision and I have no signs of diabetic retinopathy. And the reason being, because the Lord made my mom a promise. And when God makes a promise, he keeps that. This morning, I'm going to share one verse of scripture with you that will have four promises in it. And if you'll listen to it, it will literally change your entire life. The passage of Scripture we're looking at this morning is Isaiah chapter 61. In the book of the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. And if you've been in church long, you know this pretty good. Here's what it says. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. In one verse of scripture, God gives us four promises. Four. I'm telling you, church, the Bible is filled with God's promises. And if you and I will learn to listen to them and be obedient to them, it'll change your life. It'll change your family's life. So let's look at the four. Here's the first one. The first one is, is he says, I'm going to bring good news to the poor. Really, that word poor means to be afflicted. Now, let's be honest. If you are in the sound of my voice this morning, you've been afflicted. You have had situations in your life that have turned your world upside down. You have had friends that maybe have broken your heart, stabbed you in the back. You have been fired from a job. You've had to relocate from, uh, from one home to another. Trust me, if you are here this morning, I know in your life you have been afflicted. Now, if you haven't been, please see me after the service. Because we've got a special room just for you. Because each and every one of us have been afflicted some way in our life. And so this is what Isaiah is telling us some seven years, 700 years before Christ is born to say, I've got good news for you. If you've been afflicted, I've got good news. Because there is coming a Savior that's going to save you. That's going to help you to make it through this journey 
called life. And so good news for you this morning, church. If you have been afflicted, which I know we all have, one way or another, we've got some good news. And that's a promise. Once again, I'm teaching you, preaching you this morning on the Father's promise. Do you want to hear good news in the world of our bad news? God has a good promise and some good news for you. And this is what it is. Number two, he has sent me to bind or to comfort the brokenhearted. Here we go again. I know we've all had our heart broken. I know this world has pretty much chewed you up and spit you out. I know that in the process of trying to live this life, your heart has been crushed. Now, here's the problem with that. And this is just a natural instinct reaction with any human being. When your heart gets broken, the first thing you do is you build a wall. Because you're never, ever going to let that happen again. You're going to make sure that nobody will ever, ever break your heart again. The problem with that is, is when you build that wall, it's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you lonely. Because in order for you to truly feel loved, in order for you to really feel life at its best, you have to open up your entire heart. That's difficult. Hey, I'll be the first to admit, that's hard to do sometimes. That's hard to say, God, you want me to be vulnerable enough to open up my heart to trust you? Think about that. There are people that are living the day that will not open up their heart to Jesus because it's been broken. And what they don't understand is that Jesus is the only one who can heal their broken heart. Do you realize that today, if you have built the wall up, maybe you have been divorced. Maybe you've come from a broken home. Maybe you've been from a foster home. I don't know what it is, but if you built that wall up in your heart, there's no way that God can do the work in his life that he wants to do. You're going to have to let him get in there and do open heart surgery. I was amazed the very first open heart surgery that ever took place when they re removed one heart and put a new one in was in 1968. 54 years ago was the very first time they did a heart transplant. That's pretty fascinating. 54 years ago. See, Jesus today wants to give you a heart transplant. Today, he wants to take that broken heart. That's calloused. That's been hurting. And he wants to give you a new one so that you can laugh. So that you can sing. So that you can dance. So that you can just enjoy life. He wants to give you that heart. But in order for him to do that, you're going to have to let him open you up and do that very thing. But here's what's interesting. For a person who undergoes a heart transplant, and anybody that's ever had any type of transplant, whether you've had a knee replacement, shoulder replacement, they always have to give you what? An anti-rejection medicine. Because your body naturally will reject it. Well, let me tell you what's neat. That our Lord does that nobody else will do for you. When he gives you a new heart. He gives you this anti-rejection medicine called the Holy Spirit. That will help you to reject sin. That will help you to reject the wrong ideas. That will help you to reject the wrong ways of going in life. See when God just doesn't give you a heart and says go for it. God gives you that new heart and he says oh by the way I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. 
to protect you so that you'll learn to accept him and not reject him. That Holy Spirit is going to help you to live life to the fullest. This is the promise, first of all, that God wants to do for you and me this morning. He wants to give you a new heart. Number three, he also wants to proclaim liberty to the captives. Some of us are held captive this morning. I don't know what you're held captive to. I mean, we could spend the rest of our lives talking about the things you're captive to. I don't know. I just want to give you a few this morning that we're held captive to. The first thing is that a lot of us are held captive to our past. You've made some big mistakes in your past. And the problem is because you've made a big mistake, that thing looms over your head. And the more you try to forget it, the more the devil reminds you of it. And that's why, why you can never move forward in life. That's why you'll never engage in another relationship with life. That's why you're not getting around people in life. Is because your past keeps rearing its ugly head and won't allow you to move forward. Now, you can look to the person next to you and say, I know you've been there because I've been there. We've all been there. Listen, we've all, been, we've all made some stupid mistakes in life. And it's amazing how those mistakes will get in our brain and keep us from moving forward the way God wants us to move forward. But if He's going to set you free from the past, then how does He do that? Well, the Bible makes it pretty clear. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? He is a new creation. See, God's going to wipe your chalkboard clean. He's better than any dry eraser you've ever seen. He's better than any Windex you've ever seen. When God gives you a new heart and a new life, it is clean. It's a fresh start. It's brand new. But not only that, the Bible tells us also that He'll remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, listen, the book of Psalms was written 1400 to about 900 B.C. Long before we ever figured out the world was a spear. I, I showed this the other day to some of our staff members because they didn't believe me. Why didn't God say north to south? You know why God didn't say, I don't remove your sins as far as the north is from the south? Because if you start going north on the globe, eventually guess what you're going to do? You're going to hit the top of the North Pole and you're going to do what? You're going to start going south. But if you start going east, you will never go west until you what? Until you turn around. In other words, God has removed your sins infinitely. So if God has removed your sins infinitely to give you a fresh start in life, then you need to do the same for yourself. You need to say, Lord, today, I'm going to forgive myself. God, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me a new start. And today, God, today I'm going to stand on your word and your love, and I'm going to start fresh and new. And I'm not going to let the enemy hang this over my head. Don't let him. Which brings us up to the second, fear. Some of you are afraid this morning. Now, ladies, let's be honest. You kind of lean on this more than, more than most people do. Ladies seem to fear things more than men do because we're just stupid. I mean, that's why women live longer than, you know, women live longer than men, because you, you've seen those videos, haven't you? I mean, we, we just don't care. There's no fear factor in us. But some of us live in fear, and I don't know what that fear is. But if you have fear this morning, God has given you a promise that you don't have to fear. In fact, we're told that perfect love casts out all fear. 
Well, who's that perfect love? It's Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ is that perfect love that will cast out any fear in your life. Listen, I'm not saying you're still not going to go through rough times. I'm not going to say that you're going to go through some bad storms in life. But what I'm telling you is that when you go through it, you won't have to fear. Because he is going to be the one holding your hand. He is going to be the one lifting you up. He is going to be the one in front of you, protecting you from the front, protecting you from the back. That's our Lord. He is going to be the one doing that. So you don't have to fear that. Not only that, we're told that when we have the Holy Spirit, that he's not going to give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of sound mind. So this morning, if you are fearful, if you're worried about your children, if you're worried about your life, if you're worried about anything, you're living in fear. And what you told God is the problem I'm undergoing today, Lord, is a little bit bigger than what you can handle. That's what you're saying. When you're afraid, you're saying, God, I'm going through something right now you can't handle. That's what you're saying. And don't worry, we've all been here. We've all been afraid of something. So, you're, so we're, we're all in this together. But please hear me. You don't have to be afraid today. Because Jesus Christ will give you His love. Jesus Christ will give you His power. Jesus Christ will give you a sound mind to know that whatever you're undergoing today, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. So if you're living in fear today, please understand you've told the Lord this is bigger than you. Now, if the empty tomb is correct, which we know it is, and he can overcome death, he can overcome any fear you got. So what you have to do is let's go back to the first part. We've got to learn to drop the wall down, open up your heart and say, OK, God, here's my fear. Take it from me. You're held captive. But some of us today are also held captive by addictions. Some of us have some addictions. Now, now we can do the easy ones like drugs and alcohol. But listen, some of us are addicted to our jobs. That's all we think about is our work. Some of us are addicted by our health. All we want to do is go work out and get healthy. Some of us are addicted by our hobbies. Listen, addictions sometimes are just not these major bad things like drugs and alcohol. Sometimes they can be simple things like my hobby, like my job, like the way that I look. But I can promise you that if you have addictions today, they can be out of your life. Let me say that again. If you are having addictions in your life today, they can be gone in the name of Jesus. Because he made a promise. First Corinthians 10 tells us that no temptation has overcome us, that he will not provide a way of escape for us. There's nothing that goes on in your life. There's nothing that goes on in my life that we can't escape from. That's God's promise. Hey, that's not Pastor Chuck's promise. That's God's promise. So if you're undergoing addictions today that are killing you, that are crushing you and ruining your life and your family's life, it's because you're not trusting in the Lord. It's because you're not listening to his voice. It's because you're not opening up your heart to him. God today wants to set you free. Don't do it right now, but Romans chapter six is all about you and me being free from sin and death. And it comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. There is nothing in your life that you cannot overcome 
through the love and the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Listen, been there and done that. I understand what it's like to have addictions. I still have some I've got to get rid of, and I'm working on that. But I want to let you know that Jesus can help you in that very situation. It's what it tells us. What else are we captive to? Our thoughts. Some of our thoughts today are pretty bad. You allow your thoughts to ruin your life. Thoughts of depression. Thoughts of negativity. Thoughts of darkness. Thoughts of hatred. It got quiet in here. These thoughts are not good thoughts. And the Lord makes a promise to me and makes a promise to you that we don't have to have these thoughts. Jesus tells us that I will leave you peace. You can have peaceful thoughts today. You want peaceful thoughts today? Do you want to wake up in the morning and look into the mirror and have good thoughts? You can if you allow Christ to change your mind. The Bible tells us in Psalms that his word is sweeter than the honey. Yeah. I mean, think about that. We like sweet things. You may not, but I do. I don't know what your sweet tooth is. Like my favorite's like peanut butter. I love peanut butter. I mean, if it's my, like my, like I love those little peanut butter eggs you get around Easter time. You get the little peanut butter Christmas trees around Christmas. Those are like my favorite. The peanut butter. Peanut butter and chocolate. We can't forget the chocolate. I mean, I like peanut butter. The chocolate just tops it off. The Bible says his word is sweeter than that. Because see, the peanut butter and chocolate only satisfies this. The word satisfies my entire life. Everything. And let me tell you what. When I allow God's word in my life to change my thoughts, to change my feelings, to change my actions, my family appreciates that. My neighbors appreciate that. My church appreciates that. His word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. See, today, you don't have to be lost. You can be found. Today, you don't have to struggle to make it in this journey called life. If you allow Christ to take control of your thoughts. We're told not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And it's only Jesus that can renew our mind. Also, last wrong idea. Some of us have been taught the wrong things. We listen to too much social media. And we've got to learn to get out of those wrong ideas. The Bible says we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. Just that simple. But I want to give you a quote this morning that I hope you'll remember. Because some of you are held captive and you say, I can't break free. And here's why you can't break free. It's hard to be free from what you won't let go of. Write that down. You'll never be free of anything until you let go of it. Some of you are still hanging on to your bitterness and your remorse. Some of you are still hanging on to things you need to learn to let go of. You've, you've gotten so used to it, you won't release it. The only way you can ever be free is to let it go. Jesus also, also the last one, number four, is this, that he will open prison doors. Now, what that means is that opening means today the Lord wants to open your eyes so that you can see the light and live in the light rather than live in darkness. For this morning, I pray that he's opening your eyes to see the truth of his word. He also wants to open your ears to hear the truth 
rather than believing a lie. And I pray this morning you're hearing the truth of God's Word so it's going to radically change your life. He also wants to open your heart so that you will receive life instead of living a dead life. These prison doors that are opening are designed to open your eyes, your ears, and your heart so that He can set you free from the mess that you're in. And I get it. Some of you said, listen, Pastor, I've tried that trust in Jesus and it didn't work. Well, if you tried it and it didn't work, I can tell you who's at fault. And it's not the Lord. It's you. Now, just hold on for a minute. Just bear with me. I know you're going to be offensive with me, but just just hear me for a minute. If you've tried Jesus and it didn't work, then the issue will lie with you and not him. And here's the catch. In order for your life to really change, you've got to surrender everything and give it all up. In order for your life to truly be transformed by Jesus Christ, you've got to give it all away. The problem is, is that we have a hard time giving it away and we want it to be done instantaneously. We want our, we want God's promises to be like, boom, they're done and they're over with. Trust me, Jesus will do some things instantly in your life and there's some things he won't. Sometimes it takes a process. We have what I call the drive-through mentality. Drive-through mentality. Here's the drive-through mentality. So when you go to a drive-through, number one, you want it to be quick. You want to, and I know it's not been quick for you lately. I get that. But typically, if you want to go through the drive-thru, you want it to be quick. Okay? You want it to be convenient. You want to be able to pull up there and say, I want this burger. I want this and this on it. But hold that off of it. And what we do a lot of times is we pull up the church and we say, Jesus, I want you to help me out with this problem and that problem. But please don't convict me of this sin and that sin. And it doesn't work that way. See, when you pull through the drive-thru, it's usually about you. I got to get through here quickly. This is what I want. And I want you to do it quickly for me. And a lot of times when we come to church, it's all about me. And that's why your life is in the mess it's in. Because if it's all about you, you've missed it all. It's all about him. It's all about his glory. Not only that, when you go through the drive-thru, think about that. There's little relational contact whatsoever. I mean, you do talk through somebody through a machine. You do hand money to them. Other than that, it's simply just hands off. You are completely free. Think about that. When you go through the drive-thru, it's just you and maybe the people in your car, and that's it. We pull in the church and we want to engage in any relationship whatsoever with the Lord or with people, and that never works. And then you drive away, and you feel good because it, was, it tickled your ears and warmed your heart, and it was, or the food you got was good. But when, how often do you go through the drive-thru? And I know some of you may go through here all the time. But most of us don't. Very seldom do we go through the drive-thru. And most of us treat Jesus Christ the same way. We very seldom go to Him. Listen, God is not in the drive-thru mentality. In fact, He's just the opposite. We are told, Behold, I stand at your door and I knock. And if you will hear me, I'll do a drive-by and just throw my forgiveness in and keep going. I don't think it says that, does it? No, he says, if, if you will open your heart up to me, Jesus said, guess what I'll do? I'll come in and I will sup with you. He said, I'm going to have dinner with you. I'm going to. And I have to understand, we eat dinner now in about 10 minutes. 
But in the days of the Bible, their dinners took hours to eat. They enjoyed it. In other words, Jesus said, listen, I want this to be not a one-time deal with you. I want to eat with you every day. And I want this to be not rushed. I want to take my time with you and enjoy it. The whole point of you being set free this morning is you have to understand it's not a one-time event. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifetime change. If I were to go to the weight room and work out for one day for eight hours, and then I'd go, man, I'm not that big. These sorry weights don't work. It takes time. Jesus working your life is going to take some time. How about the diets? I, listen, I, there are very few diets that work. And let me tell you why they don't work. Is because what you're trying to do is you're trying to deny things in order to get something. But you haven't changed anything in the process. That's why we go on these low, you know, these low carb diets because we don't need the carbs. All we need is the proteins. And all you do is eat the protein. And then all of a sudden you get a cheap day. And all of a sudden you eat a whole bucket of ice cream because it's carb day. And you've ruined the whole diet. Because what you've done is you've, you've tried to suppress something rather than change your entire life. It's a lifestyle change. If you really want to be better and different in life, change your entire life. Make it a mindset to say, my life is going to change. It's just that simple. God's promises are true. And how do I know that? Because Romans 4.17 makes it pretty clear. Notice what it says in Romans 4.17. It said, God who gives life to the dead, which is me and you. He wants to give me and you life today. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So what that means is when God talks, it comes true. So God has made me and God has made you a promise. That means it's coming true. Just that simple. But what we have to do is we have to do our part to make that happen. Let me close with this. I had the privilege this past week of talking to a, uh, or a, a, a skydiving instructor. And why anybody would jump out of a perfectly good plane, I'm not sure. But people do. You know, I get it. The thrill of free falling for like a minute at 120 miles an hour like you're flying. It's got to be incredible. And then having that chute open up and you just kind of gently land on the ground. I mean, that's pretty neat sounding. Just not me. But I get it, and many people like to do that. But what he was telling me was this. He says, first of all, you need to understand, I've been a part of 3,000 jumps. So it, it, he's not a rookie. He's done this a lot. And he said over 1,000 of these have been a tandem jump. Tandem means they strap somebody to him. Somebody who is inexperienced, but just wants the thrill of the skydive. Somebody who really is not educated enough to do that, but they just want that experience. And what he told me was that they come and they're on the ground. He explains to them how they're going to do it. He instills confidence in them and say, listen, I've done this so many times. I'm confident. All you have to do is listen to my voice. And if you will listen to my voice, you're going to have the time of your life. If you don't listen to my voice, he said, we could have big problems. The key for you is to listen to my voice and everything that I tell you. 
And they're like, yeah, great, let's do it. So then they suit up, the plane gets up about 12,000 feet, and then they open the door. And all of a sudden, that wind comes rushing in, they hear the roar of the plane engine, and then they panic, which is normal. Some people panic. He then begins to tell, he told me, he said, I begin to then just tell them again, listen, I have all the confidence in the world. I've done this thousands of times. If you will trust me and just listen to what I say, you're going to have the time of your life. That's all you have to do. And what he told me was, he says that when you get hooked up in the tandem, I mean, you're close as close as you can get. He said, I am right in their ear. So when I talk, he said, I'm literally breathing or talking right into their ear. And I just tell them, trust me, I'm your instructor. If you'll do exactly what I tell you to do, we're going to have a great time. And they're still nervous. He said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Take that first step, kind of put it on the ledge. Just get it out on the ledge. It's okay. I got this. Don't worry. Trust me. He said, we're going to turn our body a little bit. And they turn their body a little bit. And whoop, there they go. And then they start free falling. And they have the time other life. The two biggest tragedies in skydiving is number one, they get up to the top of the plane, that door opens up, and they won't jump out. They get too afraid. They start listening to their voices. They start listening to their fears. And they don't listen to the skydiving instructor that has done it thousands upon thousands of times. That will land them safely. Or they get out falling and they quit listening to him again. And they start doing all the wrong things. And that causes major problems. Today. The Lord has tandem to you. He has been whispering in your ear this morning. You know what you need. Some of you have addictions this morning. And he's telling you I will set you free if you'll come forward this morning. Today, you've been lonely long enough. And he said, you know, if you'll just go forward and join this church, they're going to love you to a whole new life. Today, he's been whispering to you saying, listen, you've done this long enough without me. Listen to my very words. If you'll just step out in that aisle and come forward, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to forgive you of your sins. And I'm going to make you a brand new person. You have the choice today. The Lord is tandem to you. Will you listen to his very words and follow his every instruction and enjoy the time of your life? Or will you allow those other voices to get in your head and say no and never jump? It's your choice. God's made me and you a promise to give us a life and a life more abundantly. And all we have to do is listen to his still small voice in our ear. And follow his instructions. And when you take that first step out of that chair this morning, I promise you. You're talking about free falling? All that weight's going to fall off your back. And you're going to be as free as free as indeed. Father, thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word. I pray that for every person within the sound of my voice this morning. That they will listen to that still small voice in their ear. And today they'll take that step, Lord. And you will be the God that you always have been to all of us. The God of your word. And you'll forgive us. You'll save us. You'll set us free. You'll give us power over any and every obstacle in life. And Lord, we will live life more and more abundantly. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you 
will whisper in our ears and we'll take that step out and we will be free as free can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand, please? Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us at ROL Crawfordville for more information and directions.